The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, everybody. It is Betsy Hicks today, filling in for Terry Aranga. In case uh, you haven't got the beat of this yet, I'm doing the show the first Tuesday of every month for Terry. Um, loving to be back a little bit more than I ever expected, truly. I um, When they asked me to come back to do this show, I was like, yeah, you know, I've got a pretty busy schedule, but I am having so much fun with the show, mostly because... My co-host is the wonderful, wonderful Kristen Selby Gonzalez. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Betsy. How are you? And Kristen and I never get enough time to chat, so now we have an hour <laughs> a month to chat, and you all get to listen in. Isn't that fun? It makes it so much more exciting. <laughs> so, so Kristen, Kristen has done so much work on the gluten-free diet and, and training parents as as have I and traveled a lot around the globe and in fact I'm I'm off to Dubai the um, autism symposium in Dubai uh, United Arab Emirates is coming up um, in a few weeks and I'm going to be uh, pr- presenting there on the gluten and casein-free diet as well as uh, part of my picky eating and doing a culinary work day I'm excited about that but Kristen also travels all over, and we get asked a lot of questions on the road. Some of them are really scary, <laughs> some of them are really funny, and some of them are understandably things that you wouldn't know. And that's what our, the goal of our show is today, is to help guide you into some questions that maybe you're afraid to ask, and we can help highlight some of those today. So Kristen, why don't you, I, I don't know if we're technically doing a countdown or if we should just start with question number one or, or if we're calling yeah. it question number 20 and doing a countdown. <laughs> but why don't you start with uh, one of the questions? Okay, sure. Um, well, so some of the top questions and concerns um, that, you know, we get on the road um, is um, number one is, I feel guilty because I know I want to try a diet, but I'm too tired. What do I do? Cool. So, uh, sorry. Well, both answers. So you go first. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I get this question a lot and... Um, what I would say is at least do baby steps. I could, you know, making yourself feel guilty over it isn't really helping you and it's not helping your child. And, you know, you're not going to be perfect the first time out, the second time out, the six month out, even a year out. You're going to learn as you go and it's definitely a journey. And so when you, when you sit there and think, okay, gosh, I could be doing more. I feel really guilty. I'm not doing enough or I'm just too tired. I can't do this. Um, know, first of all, that in the health food stores, you can almost buy a supple, um, um, substitution for almost anything that you're already buying, number one. So right. to do a substitution, you could try that. doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever, but you can try that. And number two, just start with baby steps and at least maybe try one thing to switch out of the diet, um, you know, to help you get started in the right direction. 
that is perfectly said. And I and I just want to add a little bit more to the guilt end of it because, um, as those of you who know, my son is almost seven, 17, so I've been doing this a lot of years. And growing up in a very guilt-ridden home I where guilt was a virtue, <laughs> which a lot of people know those homes, um, I was really, really taught that, that you know you should you should always do more and and never feel satisfied and just the complete and total opposite our children are not coming forth to make us feel guilty about anything they they are so grateful for our love and even though they don't show it through their words or through some of their actions they they do appreciate and do exactly what Kristen said is just to take small little baby steps. You'll feel so much better about doing one small thing than doing something and not being able to handle it and having to back down. Do what you can do. It's kind of, I want to add to that, it's kind of like when you know um, everybody gets all gung-ho and they get into like eating healthy and getting in a workout plan and you sign up for a gym and at yeah. first you go, you know, five to seven times straight and you're all excited and then all of a sudden you kind of slip up and you don't go every day. Right. And then you, and then you start feeling guilty and, and instead of just saying, okay, today is a new day and to yesterday is, not, I'm not my history, so yesterday doesn't count in the sense of it's okay that I didn't do it yesterday, but today I can. Even five minutes from now, you can do it. So I think if we start remembering that every, you know, minute in our future um, is what really matters, it's okay if we didn't do it in the past. That's beautifully said. And and, and, and I, I think another part of it, too, Kristen, is to kind of analyze why you really don't want to do it. Now, being tired, understandably, I mean, we know goodness knows I've lived that world, um, and I, I know what it, what it is to, to be stressed to the very end. But um, figure out, like, what part of it is making you feel exhausted. Um, it could just be the idea. You know, it's that whole thing, once begun is half done, and sometimes just the idea of starting it seems scary, but once you're in it, it's not so tough. I totally agree. I'm, I totally lost a little off subject, but definitely would relate. So I had to clean the garage um, this weekend, right? Right. And it was this huge project, and yet I knew for six months I had to do it. But once I like dived in and I was doing it, I'm like, oh wait, I would like put things in little sections, and I would I would start to categorize, and you know, little by little by little, I finish, and I finish in four hours. And yet, in my head, I was thinking it was going to take me four weeks. Sure. So, you know, I think sometimes we make it bigger in our heads than it really is. Yeah, and Kristen, I'm pretty sure, um, knowing you, that you are the only person with a, um organized garage. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and I'm sure everything is, like, perfectly categorized and probably alphabetized as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I need you, I need you to live closer to me. That's, that's what I need. If you've um, ever seen Friends and you've seen Monica with the label maker, yeah, yeah. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, <laughs> and I love that about you. And I love the fact that you know that I'm not that way and you still love me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, so what other questions do we have? Okay, so question number two, what are the first steps to take? And so we kind of answered that, but I'll let you go first and you can add what we might have already said. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it, it, there there is definitely a mindset to it, but I, I believe that kind of going through the pantry and reorganizing the pantry is one of the first steps to take. Um, getting rid of stuff with high fructose corn syrup and just stuff that's just really fake food. Um, having 
if if your whole family is not going to be doing the diet or even close to doing the diet, having and creating a special drawer, pantry, shelf, whatever it might be, specifically for your child so that it makes your child really easy to be able to request things and not constantly saying, no, you can't have that, no, you can't have that. Oh, I think that's great. I also, what I did was um, I took my refrigerator and anything, um, you know, especially if you have younger children, anything they can't reach, you put up um, the foods if you're all not going to be doing the diet. And, you know, the, the drawers for the vegetables and um, and the fruits, I would put things in there that he could go right in and he would have access to. Um, and so that way, again, like you're not, you're not saying no. And all of the cupboards, um, you know, that are waist high, those are foods that I would put in there, you know, for Jackson and anything above would be um, something uh, that we would, you know, perhaps eat. Completely. And, and you know, Kristen, when my son was really little, um, he he definitely would be searching for for something, some sort of a, of a peptide <laughs> throughout the pantries. And we actually, he got so good at, at kitchen locks and so many different things that we have actually used a, a bathroom cabinet that wasn't being used to keep foods that were really evasive to him and we knew would cause him problems and things that we knew that he was seeking out. So that that don't always think that you have to store everything right there in the kitchen. If, if something you, your child really is having a hard time giving up, you don't want it in their reach. You don't want it in their sight. Uh, so So get it out of the room to make it as easy for them as possible. Absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's it. That was that was the end of my. Yeah, point. another another first step you could do too is um, go to your health food store and. Um, a lot of times, people don't utilize the resources at the health food store. I know we've talked about this before, but a lot of them really do understand how to um, show you how to shop um, in the stores. Um, they can show you the different aisles. Um, you know, don't be afraid of the produce section. Don't be afraid of the meat department. And I know um, from some of the health food stores that I visited uh, this last year. There's actually not all health food stores, but some of them, which I was really excited about, actually have um, nutritionists on staff, um, especially it seems a lot in the Midwest, um, where the, or even like a diet coach, and you could sign up and it was free uh, for them to give you a guide throughout the store. So, again, that's not every store, but, you know, might as well check to see it might be in your local area. That's a, a great suggestion, definitely. Um, another thing to do and where to start is this, and this really depends on the child, but if the child has some verbal skills that you're able to communicate with, to really kind of sit down and talk about this. Social stories, making books of social stories, um, talking to teachers, talking to the family, the rest of the family, um, extended family, getting everybody is on board. The neighbors, if, if your child frequently pops into the neighbor's house, uh, those are all things that it's important to get the communication of, of this diet going. I know um, one parent, um, which I thought was such a great idea, she went to the school and she brought all of, she did like a whole kind of like a demonstration and she put a table out of all the foods that were still yummy that um, her child could eat. And basically she did a whole kind of like a demonstration slash party for the kids in the classroom. And she explained to them why it was so important for her son to eat these foods and, you know, what it would, um, how it would help him, how it would affect him, and really got the kids in the classroom on board. Right. And so they became kind of like the little detectives every time, you know, there would be cheese around or something, and they would say, you know, oh, no, he can't have that, and remind them, you know, remind the other kids to be careful. And so I thought that was kind of a really cool idea, too. That is a great idea, definitely. All right. We have a lot of questions to go. Here. All right. Let's move on. Uh, uh, 
Okay, number three, uh, does my whole family have to do a diet? You go ahead. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so does my whole family have to do diet? Well, I would say um, if you want to make it easy, um, easier in the sense there's two there's two answers to this. If you want to make it easier in the sense of you don't have to like lock up food and anything in the house would be okay for your child to touch, then that would be you know yes to make it easier. If you um, are you know have a family that you know, maybe has three or four different kids and maybe some of the children are older and maybe you have a husband who, you know, likes all of his favorite foods, um, this would be something that, you know, I would take the first suggestion and, you know, try to figure out other places to put the foods um, so it would not be in your child's reach. Also, in the beginning, um, I probably would not eat in front of my child. I don't care how old they are, um, if they were first on a diet, unless I was eating their food. So maybe if you're having time where you're all eating together, have foods on the table that, you know, everybody can eat. And then if they want, just in the beginning at least, and then have the others, um, you know, privately eat some of uh, the foods that the child can't have. I'm, I'm going to briefly comment on this because we're going to be going to commercial in a little bit, but what, my comment once is the very first question where it says, I'm too tired, um, so I, it's hard to try the diet. Uh, a good, big part of the reason you might be too tired is because you also need the diet. So, um, it, and I'll tell you, I, I, I don't do a gluten casing free diet, but I did for many years, and when I did it with my son, it made it so much easier to do it as a family because I really knew what tasted good. I felt more comfortable about what tasted good, and uh, I was able to. I was more creative because I was trying to come up with things that we would all enjoy a little bit more. We have to go to break, and when we get back, we have a lot more questions of uh, questions to ask about gluten casing free diets with Kristen Selby Gonzalez. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Leadership is a destination, but how do you get there? More importantly, how do you maximize your power and influence and develop more leaders in your organization? Learn from proven leaders and proven practices. Join Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler for Leadership Development News. This program will help you develop the next leaders in your organization, balance your work life, manage your boss, and manage yourself. We'll feature cutting-edge interviews with industry experts and authors. Leadership Development News, every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on The Voice America business channel your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hello, everybody. It's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga, and I'm here with Kristen Selby Gonzalez, and we are talking about the top questions and concerns about gluten and casein-free diets and diets in general. And this is—it's been a lot of fun uh, with our first three questions. We're going to have to. Sp- speed up a little to hit all 20 here, Kristen. So the next one is how long does my child need to be on a diet? Um, I'm going to answer that really briefly because, and, and, and you're, you can then you can give your, your two cents about it. Um, I used to be a real, real adamant preacher of, this is forever, this is what you should just resign to doing forever, and, and I'm not anymore. Um, a, a lot in part because of wonderful things like the um, enzymes that help Fix the gut and clean up the gut, and I do believe that um, that the enzymes can be unblocked that are, are kind of hindering the digestion of gluten and casein. And I do believe that you can heal leaky gut and you can get your child to a better path. Um, so, my son is no longer on a gluten and casein free diet, but did for 15 years of his life. So it was. It, it wasn't overnight, and you cannot put a time on it. Um, and people say, "Oh, you know how how much um, how much, how long do you think it, it's going to take?" And I say, "You know, it took my son 15 years. It, I've seen patients where it's taken four years. I've seen some that have just tried it for a year. I've seen some who are going to probably be on it forever. And I don't think it's fair for anybody to tell you exactly how long." But Kristen, what do you have to say about that? I agree with everything you said, and I, I think it goes back to you know reiterating you have to heal and seal that gut and because everybody and every individual is different you know with proper food and the enzymes and helping that digestion and helping heal and seal that's really where your road to recovery is going to to lie and again it it can be different I hear stories it could be a year and I hear stories it could be 20 years and forever so I think it just depends on where your child is and um, you know how sensitive uh, they are and um, what diet you choose. Now, Kristen, I can't even, I'm trying to read ahead to know if this is even a question, but I think we have to just lightly touch this. The question is, how do you know if you can even try? Because this is the one thing I don't recommend, is I don't recommend dabbling with, can he do it now? Can he be off it now? Can he be off it now? I really don't recommend that, because once you've reintroduced the gluten and the casein, it is very hard for the child to re-give it up. So it's not something that I would do very lightly. If you do decide you want to try going off a gluten casing free diet. Number one, make sure they're on good digestive enzymes. And number two, try it with foods that they don't like. So for example, my son didn't like yogurt. So when I wanted to see if dairy was okay, I, I made him eat yogurt because he was not upset with re-giving up yogurt, for example. And then, then I was able to see, well, he did great with the yogurt, so I could try, I, you know, did a lot more butters, and I did a lot more things, and then that's how I kind of worked my way into it. And a lot of, a lot of other people, too, um, that are off the diet, they just, their child just started getting better and better and better, and they would get notes home from school that might have said, you know, so-and-so accidentally got this, and they would have no idea, whereas before, if the child even had a crumb of something, it would be complete chaos for four or five days. And so I think that, I think also as you're looking at your child's behavior mm-hmm. and, and how their how food is affecting them um, and, you know, how, how much they're progressing, that's also another indicator. Excellent. Okay, next question. What if I don't see any changes? You, you go ahead and do this one. Well, if you don't see any changes, um, I get this on probably more than m- more than most questions. And when I say that, meaning um, gluten-free, casein-free, they'll tell me I, I tried it. I don't see any changes. 
Um, you know, I know we've talked about this you know, in the past shows, but I would really um, look into either one, altering the gluten-free casein-free diet. So meaning, you know, maybe eliminate the corn, the soy, uh, the sugar first if you hadn't done that. And then maybe rotate the potato and rice if you hadn't done that. And then if that still doesn't work, you know, then and you're still not seeing changes, then move on to something like a specific carbohydrate diet or a body ecology diet. And, you know, look into other diets that you might be able to incorporate uh something uh, for your child. I know when we did that with Jackson, that's where we saw huge, huge, huge change. Excellent. Excellent. I think that's said. We'll just go on to the next one, which is I heard there was no scientific evidence to any of these diets. And let me just add, there is no scientific evidence that scientific evidence means anything. <laughs> and so, so uh, you know, th- I'll tell you that that is the one thing, Kristen, when getting into the autism world and learning about all of the false studies and all of the you know, it's just, it's just crazy how you can really make a report say whatever you want it to say, that scientific evidence means nothing to me anymore. Um, it's, does it work? And, and yes, there is wonderful scientific evidence. Uh, Reichelt was the pioneer of that, um, and uh, there's plenty of studies that are out there to prove this. And more and more and more, I know with Jenny McCarthy's book, this became, it's so funny, I mean, it's been going on for, over a decade, and when Jenny McCarthy's book came out, it was everybody was like, "Oh, did you hear about the special <laughs> diet that we've been doing for the last ten years?" So, what do you think about that? Um, well, I, I think that um, you know it's interesting when people say, you know, there's no cure for autism. There's no no children are recovering, right? Like no children are getting better because that's what it says in the medical books. This is a lifelong condition, and they're not progressing. Right. So, my question is. Why don't you believe that? Because none of us believe that, but yet when it comes to diet, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no scientific evidence, but yet your same doctor who told you that autism is a lifelong condition, you're not believing because you're Googling recovery, you're Googling hope, you're looking at stories of children recovering. So, you know, I I have to say, you know, what side do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side of where parents are, you know, before us have already, you know, we're not trying to reinvent this wheel. We're just trying to follow this path that the parents have already led um, and already set for us, and, and that's really what we're doing. Excellent. Uh, next question is: There's no way my child is going to eat anything on those diets. Um, and I, I always start when I give lectures about um, people will say to me, you know, if my child, you know, if my child goes on this diet, they're going to starve. Is what is how I frequently get told that question. And I say, well, what does your child eat now? And they're like, well, you know, goldfish crackers. Um, uh, chocolate milk, uh, pizza, well, maybe pizza, not even that sometimes, macaroni and cheese. And I basically have to say, well, you know what, your child already is starving. I mean, they're, they're, they're not getting any nutrition. They may be getting calories, but they're not getting nutrition. So a lot of what the child is eating now is not even food. And, and it's, that's, that's a big issue. Because when, when somebody says, well, my child will only eat goldfish crackers, I'm like, well, if your child lived 100 years ago when goldfish crackers had not been invented, <laughs> would your child have starved to death? And it's no, because it's what we're conditioned to. It's what we're used to. It's what our mouths are sensory comfortable, sensorily comfortable with. So it really is just a reconditioning. You know, I, I agree. And then also to add to that, you know, it's there's no way my child's going to eat anything on those diets. It's the first, you know, four words. There's no, or first three words. There's no way. Yeah. When I hear a parent tell me there's no way, I go, you know what? You're right. There is no way. Right. Why? Because you're believing there's no way. Exactly. And what we have to do is like kind of drop that belief and say, you know, 
I don't know when they're going to eat this, you know, these foods. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to keep incorporating it. It may not be today. It may not be, you know, in two weeks from now. It may be in three months or six months. But if I start moving in that direction, then guess what? There is a way, and it is going to happen. For most of us, this has not happened overnight. And so, you know, if somebody tells you, oh, it was so easy, great for them. But for many of us, it was a journey. And right. that's why if you stand in that same place for three months, you're going to be right there in the next three months. And pick up a copy of Picky Eating Solutions, <laughs> my new book, available in two weeks. Uh, it will be available at Amazon. It will also be available, well, it won't be available for Amazon for another month, but it will be available on my website, elementalsliving.com, and that will help you get those foods down you. Okay, next one. I have an older child. How do I incorporate this now? Oh, my. This is a really, this really good question. You. And this this is questions um, written just for you, Betsy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you are so great at this. So I wanted <laughs> well, I, I have to say there's a huge, huge difference in, in starting off an older child. And I'm going to say older by I'm going to do the cutoff at about eight. Um, because I feel that that's when things start to shift. I, I feel like seven and younger, you still have a pretty decent control over what they're eating. And at about eight years old and older, they start making their own decisions. They start having more peer uh, interactions, and it becomes more and more of a challenge as the older that they get. And then going into teenage years is a totally different story. Um, if you're looking at anything from eight to maybe a teenager, a lot of it has to do, too, whether or not the child has... Uh, you know, strong autism or they're dealing with Asperger's or ADD because if if they don't have as much social concern, it's going to make it a lot easier in many different ways. The ones who are very socially aware are the ones that are going to have a harder time because of the fact that they do get stared at, they do get called out and made fun of sometimes because of their specifics in their food. So if your child is older, this has to be somewhat of a mutual decision. Quite honestly, if, if you don't have any cooperation from the child at all, especially in the teenage years, it's going to be impossible to 100% implement this. Now, when I say 100%, it means that at home you certainly can implement it, and there's no there's no problem with that. But they are not going to be on the diet 100% if they don't if they're not on board and they do make their own decisions. So it has to be something that that they kind of agree together. And by that, maybe you can give incentives. I mean, cookies that you maybe normally wouldn't buy that you'll buy for them now, special foods that they normally wouldn't get that they're going to get now. Um, I remember going to Disney and um, going with some relatives, and the foods that we were given at some of the restaurants were way better than the foods they were given at the restaurants because they special made ours. So Trying to make it a little bit more of a special piece is, is helpful. Do you have anything else to add to that, Kristen? No, I think I think the only other thing would be definitely um, incorporate enzymes. Oh uh, yes, you know, especially to a, with an older child who might be you know cheating. Not that it's going to make it perfect, but it's going to definitely do better than them not being on any. That is a fabulous suggestion because really, because if you can send them off and make sure that they're going to at least get enzymes, that can be really a helpful way to do it. But this is all the more reason to, if you have a little one, to start this now because it does make a a big, big difference. All right. Um, What about school, birthday parties, holidays? Um, Go ahead, Kristen. You start off with that. Okay. Um, You know, there's so many, you know, different things in our stores today, and it's not just the health food stores. There's, you know, just even our mainstream stores now are having gluten-free, casein-free sections. Um, you know, so you can substitute, you know, if it's that cookie or if it's a cupcake or 
you know if it's a special treat. Not to say that, again, I, I highlight this always, but these are called special treats. We don't want to give this to our children all the time. But for special events, whether that be, you know, a school function or, you know, you have to bring the cupcakes for the birthday party or, you know, a special holiday, you can absolutely do a substitution. And today the food tastes so much better than it used to because it really did used to taste like cardboard. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> And it does taste so much better. I mean, I honestly, when we're at different conferences, Betsy, and someone will give me something that's gluten-free, casein-free, I would have no clue that it, you know, it just, to me, it just tastes so good. So really, there's, um, there's lots of substitutions, and your child does not have to stand out. That's for sure. Definitely. And, uh, you know, it's easy to make everything a celebration because that that's kind of a, 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 something we kind of get into a, where, oh, now it's this person's birthday and it's this person's birthday. So you really do have to have something on hand and kind of um, have understandings before you go to birthday parties. For example, let's eat this at home so you don't have to feel singled out. My, I had one child who was like she wanted to eat before she went, so she would rather just not eat anything at the party than to have to have something different. So we had, she did, she would eat before she would leave for the party. And this way I was making sure that they were full and it wasn't such a difficult decision. Or I would make special pizzas and send the pizzas with them, depending on the child. We have to go to break right now. When we get back, more questions, concerns about gluten-casing-free diets. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in on Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart, the program that takes you on a journey through grief after the death of a child. Join Dr. Gloria Horsley, marriage and family therapist and bereaved parent, while she interviews and discusses with other bereaved parents and siblings how they have coped with the death of a child and gone on to create and realize new dreams. So tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for Healing the Grieving Heart with Dr. Gloria Horsley, right here on Voice America Health & Wellness. Mark your calendar and set an alarm so you do not miss the highly acclaimed talk show, Holistic Living with Tina Marie and Todd Allen. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, and 10 a.m. Pacific for inspirational, oftentimes edgy discussions on all that life brings our way with celebrity guests, world-famous authors, and everyday people dedicated to sharing positive, uplifting messages. Tina Marie and Todd Allen bring you the very best in talk radio discussions, guaranteed to make you smile. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Hello, everybody. It's Betsy Hicks, and I am filling in for Terry today. I'm here with my friend Kristen Selby Gonzalez, and we are talking about the top questions and concerns about gluten and casein-free diets, and we've already answered nine. We've got 11 more to go, and the next one is, I don't have time to prepare or cook meals. Um, and I know, Kristen, that you're going to have some wonderful um, organizational tips on this one as well, but uh, I'll, I'll just start with the that it, it, it really is more of a, of a priority situation. And I don't want to go back to the very first question where we talked about guilt, where you should be feeling very, very guilty about not being able to make these spectacular meals. But I honestly don't feel that there's a lot more time going into making some meals than it takes to actually go out and buy something and then to come home. Um, you know, it's, it's really, to me, it's not preparation and cooking that takes time. It's having the food in the house. It's it's knowing how to shop and, and making sure you have your basic staples in the house so that you can always pull a meal together. What do you think about that, Kristen? Oh, absolutely. And then I also, um, I love to get everything ready in advance. So, you know, it might take me, you know, it might take me an hour and a half to two hours for one day, but then I have it ready for the rest of the week, which really is not much if you, you know, look at it in that way. I had a girlfriend who I thought this was a great idea too. She used to make a lot of soups for her child and um, she would uh, freeze um, a lot of the vegetables in these little ice trays and then, like, be able to take the servings out. And, you know, little quick steps, steps like that and tips like that really seem to help. Um, again, sometimes it's just taking that two hours or, you know, that hour and a half and just preparing everything for the week. I then label everything, put them in special containers, and then I can just grab them and I'm ready to go. I totally agree. You know, and I used to do be really strict with meal planning. And, and, and it, the nice thing about meal planning, too, is that it helps you rotate the foods a little bit more so that they're not getting chicken every single day, they're not getting beef every day, they're getting more of a rotation. Absolutely. Okay, I have other children in the home, and this isn't fair to them. Um, you, you go ahead and take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have other children in the home, but I can tell you that I get this question a lot. And, you know, and again, it goes back to whether it being the whole family doing it um, or, you know, individuals. But I have to say, what you're feeding your child with special needs um, or special dietary issues is all healthy food. So you're you're feeding them, you know, eventually once you get past the prepackage, which eventually you will, you're, you're feeding them, you know, um, wholesome foods, real foods, um, you know, your produce, your meats. Um, and this is something that I don't understand what wouldn't be fair to the other child, right. meaning this is healthy food. This is something that's going to help them, you know, them also prosper and, and grow. I, you know, I think a, a, a more accurate question really would be um, my parents only buy Cheetos and soda and this isn't fair to me. <laughs> You know, it's like this, this This is more fair than, than it gets because this is, as Kristen said, real food. Um, all right, so what are some resources available? Uh, some, and, and actually, Kristen, this is the perfect segue into your brand-new DVD that's coming out. Why don't you talk about that? Um, yeah, we're in duplication finally. We're very excited about that. Um, it's called Let's Go Shopping, uh, Special Foods for Special Needs. 
And we're very, very excited. It took over a year in the making. It was all done with volunteers, and I know we've talked about this on previous shows, but it's finally in duplication. And uh, uh, we'll let you know when it's, you know, when it's ready. But um, basically, it's it's a half an hour, and it walks you through the health food store, and we walk through all the different aisles. We we tell, we go down from the meat to the produce to the toxin free to the supplements to the baking area, and then we even have a cooking segment in there. And and so it really. Um, and even an enzyme section. So really helps you kind of understand the whole health food store. And, again, it's 30 minutes. It's going to be sold. And the cool thing about it, Betsy, and I know you know this already, but the monies are going to go back to the nonprofit, the Autism Hope Alliance, which is the first nonprofit in the health food industry. And that those monies will then get put out um, for more scholarships for families across the country and for education. So it's a definitely full circle effect. That is fabulous. There's a lot of websites that are available out there for you too. GFCFDiet.com, um, mm-hmm. and then it's Con- talk about Con- Con- yeah, you, you, you're you're much more up on this, Kristen. So why don't you t- tell some of the websites that are out okay. there? Um, well, you just said the GFCF, um, pecanbread.com, and then bodyecology.com. And then um, there's a couple of great books. One is the Encyclopedia um, of Dietary Intervention. And then, of course, your book is coming out, Betsy. Yeah, well, my book, just so everybody knows, my book is not specifically for gluten and casein-free diets. It's mostly for getting kids to eat vegetables and meats and 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 how to plan and how to prepare your kitchen. And uh, a lot of these questions are being answered in that about cost and, and preparing your time and um, just general nutrition. My book is really more on general nutrition than GFCF, but definitely it's a great resource for for parents um, in many different ways. Um, So there's a lot of good things that are, a lot of great books that have been written out there and great cookbooks that are out there as well, too. You really need to find one that feels comfortable to you. Another great thing that's um, free is you can go online, go to the Yahoo groups. That is something that we, um, a lot of people utilize, but definitely utilize that as well. Definitely. Okay, um, diets are too expensive. How do I afford this? Oh, I would love to start with this one. Because, Go for it. <laughs> because um, I, I just feel that they don't need to, they are expensive if you're buying all the gluten-casing-free frozen foods and you're buying, you know, $8 packages of gluten-free chicken nuggets. That's when it really does get very expensive, and I would agree with that. But for the most part, you can eat on this diet extremely inexpensively. And how do I know this? Because there are whole countries that eat gluten-casing-free all the time that are living on below what we would consider poverty-level line and eating and flourishing very well on foods that are gluten-casing-free, beans and rice being some of the most perfect examples of that. Um, you know, the, the difference between buying a $5 bag of cookies that has like 24 cookies versus making 48 cookies for five, for, you know, for $3 or for $2 is a big difference when you make them yourself. Those are all little parts that are tips. One thing that I do, and I know that not everybody has the ability to be able to do this, but for me, because we do eat so much meat and chicken in our household because we're a big protein, we're, we really push a lot of protein for our kids as well as John and I, is we buy all of our meat, our chickens, everything um, directly from the farmers. 
And even places like Atlanta, if you drive far enough away, even a couple-hour drive on, on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, you can go to farmers and get meats and chickens directly from them and, and really save a lot. So I have a big – I have actually have three extra freezers in my house where I keep extra meats and chickens, and, and by buying uh, things in bulk, it saves a tremendous amount of money. And buying in bulk in general is a good thing. Almost any health food store is going to give you a 10% discount if you order a case of anything because then they don't have to worry about shelf space for it. So talk to your local health food store about buying cases of foods that you like. Making sure, though, that you're going to actually get through a case and that your child's not going to get tired of it after the second box and it's not going to expire after the, the, the next box or so. Um, any other tips, Kristen, you want to add there? Yeah, um, real quick, I, everything is, I would agree with everything. Um, and when you're talking about case discounts, um, you can even do that in your produce. So if your whole family is eating, you know, the same foods, this is where that would really come in, um, handy. Um, for example, like, we love butternut squash here, so I buy that in a case and I get a 10% discount at the health food store. So I mean, really talk to the health food stores and, you know, tell them your needs. And a lot of times they're definitely willing to work with you. Definitely. Oh, boy, I guess I kind of answered this question earlier. My, char- my child was starved <laughs> to death. What do I do if my child won't eat? Sorry, I kind of did bring that one up a, a little bit earlier and because it, it ties in a lot with, you know, uh, my child's not going to eat anything on those diets. But starving to death is, is um, it's not going to happen. And it, it, now, I, I'll tell you one thing for sure, I, and I have worked with so many children that have stopped eating when they started the diet and are extremely sensory defensive. And there are a few subset of children that I would strongly recommend needing, potentially even needing a feeding tube because they completely stop eating altogether. And those are that's up to your doctor and where the direction you want to go with that. But as I said earlier in the show, you know, goldfish crackers didn't exist 100 years ago. Would your child have starved if they didn't have those to eat? It's really about rechanging the textures and, and, and things that are in there. And your child, in many cases, is starving now because if they're not getting an ample supply of meats and vegetables, they're not getting nutrition. You know, and, the only, and I agree, and the only thing I would add to that is um, just make sure that they don't have any oral issues, like yes. oral motor issues, so make sure they can swallow okay. And, and most of us know if our children have any issues. If your child has those kind of issues, um, and then, then you'd have to just make sure you're preparing the right kind of foods for them to be able to swallow. And, Kristen, we probably should add, too, about the gagger in this, too. There's a lot of kids who will gag at, at different foods. Mm-hmm. And this is a texture issue. It's not as – it can be, as Kristen said, is 100% correct. It, it, swallowing issues are something you always want to make sure that they are able to swallow properly. But uh, when I talk to parents and they say, well, my child's got a swallowing issue, and I'm like, well, what do they eat? And they're like, well, everything that they're eating is is really a variety of textures. It's just they like the taste. And they say, but if they eat zucchini, they're going to gag. Well, it's it's really a matter of kind of desensitizing, and that's where I work a lot in my picky eating book about, you know, the first this, then that, and making first bites really achievable, very, very small, very attainable, and not being too deceptive with trying new foods with your children because you want them to understand that they, they are, what, you don't want to trick them into eating certain foods all the time. Absolutely. Um, okay, so my in-laws think I'm crazy. What do I do? You go for it because I don't have in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, when, when it comes to in-laws, what I try to do is, you know, um, and I get this question a lot, is it's easier to get somebody on board with something for two weeks or 30 days than to say this is going to be forever. 
And so what happens is you ask for that two-week mark, and then um, you say, okay, do we see any differences? And then you show them the differences, and then you ask for another two weeks. And, and by, before you know it, it's everybody's kind of on board. That seems to really work, especially if you're having people push against you. I know a lot of in-laws are helping babysit the children, and so grandma and grandpas are coming over there and saying, well, gosh, you know, grandpa has the cookies and the grandma has, you know, the special candies. Um, you know, and then also make sure to give your parents or your in-laws something that they can still bring over as a treat, um, yeah. you know, for your child. That's a great That's a great suggestion. Give them recipes. I've had patients write great books on this. Um, I've Patients actually have done cookbooks on this. You know, and, and that reminds me, too, do you know about the book No Cupcakes for Jason? No. It's a great book um, that uh, uh, is a wonderful, like, social story as to how to do the the diet. And it really is a, buying the book, you know, something, a book such as that, giving that to your in-laws, giving that to the schools, those types of things will help them understand a little bit more as to why they're doing this. Okay, we have to go to yet another break, last and final break. And when we get back, we'll conclude these top questions and concerns about gluten-free diets with the wonderful Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. Stay tuned. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. The World Health Organization estimates that 50 to 80 million people worldwide are facing infertility today. For most of them, this news is devastating. It's time for Gifted Journeys. This innovative program, hosted by Wendy Wilson, president of a highly successful California-based egg donation agency, will take you beyond the traditional family and introduce you to alternatives such as IVF, egg donation, surrogacy, and adoption. You'll hear from experts and those who have walked the path. Tune in to Gifted Journeys, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Terry. 
Hi, everybody. It's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga, and I'm here with Kristen Selby-Gonzalez, and we have been answering the top 20 questions and concerns about gluten casing-free diet, and we are down to number 16, which it's been a, we, we, we've, at, we, at times we've talked faster than others, but I think we can take a little bit more of a breath now. Um, next question is, what do I do if my partner or my ex is not supportive of the diet? Um, and why don't you go ahead and address this, Kristen? You know, I think it goes along with the same way we answer to the in-laws is, you know, asking them to start start something for 14 days or even seven days. You know, can I just have your buy-in for seven days? And then, you know, chart the progress, chart the data, and then ask for another seven days and another seven days. I think most people are willing to try anything when it's short-term. It's just that long-term picture that scares most people. Also, if you say, I will prepare everything, I will have everything prepackaged for you, I will have everything done for you, a lot of uh, partners and exes will jump on board. That sounds a good plan. Uh, next is, how do I know my, if my child needs the diet, um, a, a diet? And um, I'm going to let you start, and then I definitely want to add some to that. Okay. Well, a lot of our kids um, are eating only those couple of foods that we were talking about earlier, and so they're already they're not um, wanting to try new foods. They're basically their little tummies might be bloated, they might be constipated or have diarrhea or um, maybe they have particles of food in their stool. Um, they're, uh, they have those red cheeks, those dark circles, those red ears. Any any signs or symptoms, they might be hyperactive after they eat. Looking at the symptoms, looking at the behaviors, looking at the reactions of the food that your children are eating already, um, that will help you determine whether you need a diet. And for most part, um, most of us who have a child with autism are on the spectrum. It's some place that we can start to really um, at least try, and, that, and that's what I would uh, recommend. That sounds excellent, and I and I do agree. You know, just to if nothing else, one thing that your child does need is at least they need a, a healthy, real food type diet. And if if you don't want to do the gluten casing free, at least try to get as rid of as many get rid of as many preservatives and artificial foods as possible. Okay, uh, number eighteen. The allergist says he is not allergic. Um, and in many cases, you're right. The, the, our children don't have actual IgE food allergies, which is the typical traditional t- type that's taught in med school and taught in through. Um, it, they actually have a, a lab testing for. Um, most of our children have different types of intolerances, which are caused by leaky gut and things such as that. But the gluten casein is a totally different reason altogether. It's not really an allergy. It's not even really as much of an intolerance as it is an inability to break down the food, an ability to digest the food properly. So it's not something that standardized pediatricians are going to be able to test for. Well, and I think sensitivity is different than alert, uh, being allergic, and most of our children, or a lot of our children, I should say, are very sensitive to different things, and so that's why it's important to do your charts and be able to look at it that way, too. Great. Number 19 is, I feel bad for my child. How do I move past that? Get rid of the guilt. This is something that you're doing as a gift, and you need to enjoy the process of it and not feel ridden. If you feel bad because of the food that they're eating, then you should be just eat it, eat it along with them. Have some fun. Make the food good. It does not have to be a suffering situation. The times that it can be difficult, I do agree, is when you're someplace and you really want to have a bun and you don't have a specific bun with you. But truly, this is something that I have my children now who for many, many years were on a gluten-casing-free diet, and they are really grateful for the time they were on the diet. Um, they, they're great, healthy eaters now, and they're, they're happy for the lessons that they learned along the way. 
Absolutely. And if your child was diabetic, would you feel guilty not giving them sugar? That's something that I put in my head all the time when it comes to autism. Right. Very good piece. Last question. As I live in a remote area with limited access to specialty markets, how do I get these foods? Okay, nobody lives in as remote of an area as I do. (laughs) You're living someplace in Canada in some, like, I mean, I'm about as remote as remote can get. So um, a couple tips that I have for you there is um, definitely make friends with your local health food store because they're going to be your lifeline to being able to get something in. I have to travel quite a a distance to get to my local health food store, but I always buy things in in bulk when I do. As I said earlier, I buy freezers to be able to store things and make sure I always have something on hand. makes it easy for planning meals because in the morning I just figure out what am I going to defrost. Am I going to have a chicken I'm going to defrost today? Am I going to defrost some hamburger? And then I just plan my meal from there. Um, So you... All of the special gluten and casein-free foods, then it goes back to, to getting cases at a time. There's so much that can be done with mail order now, and it's affordable to have mail order as well, too, in many different areas. You want to add to that, Kristen? No, I think that's perfect. They have so much. What, what do we want to leave them with, Betsy? Well, we want to leave them with, we've we got to talk about enzymes and like where, where, where is it they should probably start with all of this. Absolutely. Um, I would say they should start with a digest basic and a glutenase um, and then add, you know, try to switch at least one of the foods out until they can get completely off the gluten and the casein to start with, but at least get those enzymes in them. And you would just take one with, uh, you know, with every meal and, um, yeah, again, start with digest basic. Um, it's a lower cost product and, um, and then start with the glutenase on top of that. That will help with your trace amounts of gluten and casein. Yeah, that that would be a, a, a great way, and it, and just in general is gonna it's gonna help them digest their supplements. It's going to help them digest Absolutely. everything that they eat, not just the gluten and casein. So those are great places to start. Yeah. Anytime you're anytime you're putting enzymes into into your daily routine, you're really bound to be feeling better. And this is just for you too. You know, I hear so many parents that do so many things for their kids, the special diets, the special supplements, when they need them just as much and they don't consider themselves a priority. But let me tell you, if you're able to cook more and you're able to do more and be able to partake in your child's life more, the money is well spent on taking care of yourself. Your child needs you. We want your children healthy. healthy. We want you healthy. And we are happy to answer your questions. If you have more questions for Kristen and I, send Kristen or I emails, and we will try to incorporate them in future shows. Um, so please stay in touch with us. Kristen, uh, well, my email address is Betsy at ElementalsLiving.com. Kristen, yours is? Um, KSG at Enzymedica.com. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Sorry about the hiccup. We are (laughs) happy that you are here to be with us, and we look forward to talking to you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.